Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Before we start, I wondered, are there any Marvel fans in the room? Any? Couple? Oh, shy hands. Okay. Is there anyone who couldn't care less? Yeah, there we go. That was more what I was expecting. So I don't know if, okay, if anyone who is a Marvel fan has tried to explain the Marvel universe to someone who doesn't care. Okay. It doesn't work. Okay. I have been on both sides of this equation. So when I was growing up, my sisters were well into Marvel. Okay. And I couldn't care less. And in the end, I, I thought, they said, oh, do you want to watch like the Avengers film with us? And I said, okay, I'll go, I'll, I'll watch it. I didn't have a clue what everything was about. And so I started watching all the Marvel films. Okay. And I kind of noticed that when you watch all of the films, you see this huge, intricate picture um, of things that are going on. So I enjoy this meme because it really um, sums up how intricate and detailed the Marvel Universe is. For those of you who don't know, um, it's really beautifully written together, okay? It's It's a long haul, I can tell you that now, but it's all really intricately woven together. You can't fathom how, for those of you who are nerdy in the room, how the Hulk ended up in space and Thor Ragnarok with the Guardians of the Galaxy without seeing the Avengers Age of Ultron. You can't see how Loki became the villain that we're all fighting without watching the Thor films. And basically, if you see just a couple of them, you see a huge amount of colossal world events that just don't really make sense. And so when we're looking at mission, I want us to really bear in mind that this is something that's so much bigger than just us here at CCM Fallerfield, okay? Man, (laughs) creepy. Um, So it's so much bigger than just us here. Okay, so in a similar but significantly better way, um, in the Bible, there is this bigger picture and story for all of those who follow Jesus. You can't separate, separate our life now from the bigger picture. And mission is something um, that really is echoed throughout the entire Bible. And the beauty of this picture can't be fully appreciated without committing to the long haul or the equivalent of a desperately long Marvel marathon. So what is mission? Mission comes from a Latin word meaning to send. And ultimately, when we're talking about mission, we're talking about God's mission, okay? Which is for the earth that he created to be filled with his glory, for him to coexist with the people that he created. So today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 49, to help us reflect on this idea of mission. Um, I'm a big fan of paper Bibles, so if you have one, turn with me or get your phones out. Um, But if not, it'll also be on the screen behind me. So it says this. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. 
So to summarize that, Jesus is speaking to his disciples or his followers. They've been with him um, through his three years of ministry. He has gone to the cross, he's died, and he's risen again, and he's reappeared to them. And he's given them the next steps, which is to wait for the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem, and then to go, we'll see later, that they go out to all nations. So there's two points that we're going to take from this passage to kind of help us think about this idea of mission. So the first thing is that God is on a mission, okay? In verses 44 to 46, we see Jesus referring to the Torah. So in really simple terms, it's the Old Testament up to this point. So the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. It's the story of God's mission seen through the eyes of the nation of Israel. So firstly, we start in Genesis. We see this world that God's created. It's a place where God could demonstrate his glory and his character. Now, I personally have been learning to see God's glory and his character in creation. Um, I've been intentionally thinking about how um, and what characteristics we see um, see of God in what he's created. So in the mountains, the oceans, I don't know about you, but I see beauty and I see strength. I see power. In tiny flowers, we see his love for attention to detail. We see um, his creativity in all the animals. We see... um, his humour in like, if you look like a, um, uh, animals like anteaters or pangolins or these weird um, creatures, you see, I think his humour, I think he, he created that with the purpose of bringing those, like bringing a smile to our faces through these things. Now, I'm a big fan of David Attenborough, quite happily listen to him all day. And you only need to watch Planet Earth or Blue Planet um, just to kind of see these echoes of God's character. I see God in the people that I know. Knowing that we're all created in God's image um, is so exciting. And actually, we all form, like, have aspects of God's character. So despite sin entering the world, this mission has always been the same. It's for God's glory and knowledge of his goodness as our creator and almighty God to go out into all the world. Um, Now, this would have been a lot easier if sin hadn't entered the world. Um, But hey-ho, the apple was eaten. Um, And... Yeah, it all went belly up from there. Um, God's heart is broken for that, okay? It's not what he intended. It's not um, how he wanted um, his creation to function. And over the years, we see evidence of this. We see the evidence of how sin has distorted this really perfect world that God created. We see things like war, natural disasters. We see illness. We see... Racism, human trafficking, homelessness, it's all awful. You don't have to look that far to see um, all of this brokenness. And it breaks my heart. Sometimes I I have to really guard myself watching the news because I can end up feeling so down about the way the world is um, that I become a little bit useless and I just want to crawl into a hole um, and avoid it all. Um, And so we see this broken creation and God's heart is broken for that as well. It wasn't like he went, you know what, I'm going to purposely make all of this happen and make them suffer. He is broken for that. He wants us, who he created, who are searching for meaning or satisfaction, people who are burdened by sin and brokenness, um, to turn back to him and realise that actually he can satisfy the longing that we experience. Only he is constant. And so this is God's mission, seeing it up to like the present point. So carrying on in our passage, we have verses 46 to 48, which is like our second point. Okay, so we have our first point, God is on a mission. Second point is God invites us on his mission. So God is all about community. 
as Beth said last week. Um, we see that through, like, we see it through his creation of Adam and Eve. So God is three persons, and so it says in Genesis um, that God said, "Let us create mankind in our image," which I just find so interesting. Um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and together they exist in community and relationship. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father, and together they loved. They love and are loved by the Spirit, and. There is just this amazing community, um, even in God himself. And together, they, they bring different aspects of the God that we worship. Now, we can get really caught up in a discussion on the complex nature of this. I don't know if you've ever heard someone trying to wrap their head around how this works. But really simply, we worship a God who is really about community. Um, and mankind is no exception to that. So this all started with Adam and Eve, who were invited to multiply and fill the earth, essentially being sent out by God as his image bearers and ambassadors. So this is similar to how we might have an ambassador um, for the UK, for instance. They might go to another country, they speak on behalf of the United Kingdom and our government, um, and they're like a representative So for those of you um, who don't know, I work for a charity called Voice, and part of my role is to work in primary schools. Now, I don't know if ever, as a child, you remember being chosen by the teachers to go and do a special task, okay? Now, sometimes I'll say in my lessons, I need someone to go and do X, Y, and Z. And the hands shoot up, and they're like, oh, yes, I want to go, I want to go. And they're either just wild, like, me, 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 or they're like, I'm sitting really nicely, but I really want to go. And they, they are just so desperate to go. And honestly, the smug look when you choose someone, they literally, and they're like, ha-ha, I got chosen. And they go off, and they do um, all of these things. And if they meet people in the hallway, they can go, oh, actually, no, Abby sent me. And it's the same thing. It's that being sent in a, like by someone in authority in a position of authority. And so God asks us to be his representatives. Now, the mission isn't something that God wants to do on his own. He invites us to be part of that mission, and it's a really long-term one at that. He echoes what he says to Adam and Eve all the way through the Old Testament. Um, We see it in Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Ruth, David. There's such a huge list. Okay, and honestly, I can't quite like fathom all of those things and seeing the beautiful narrative that goes through the Bible. So in the same way that maybe you might say a parent might invite their child to be part of something so that they can teach them and help them to learn, God invites us to be part of what he's doing. This isn't something that he is just doing on his own. So this kind of comes to a climax when Jesus is sent by God to earth. Okay, there's this theme of sending in mission. Um, As it says in verse 46 onwards, um, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So we're invited by God to share this with others, to be his witnesses. And he doesn't leave us to do this alone, but he clothes us with power through the Holy Spirit, which you can read about later in Acts. Um, and he promises this in, the, in like these last two verses of the passage. 
So we're part of the commission made to Jesus' followers, which brings us to what this means for us here and now. Okay, so now we're just going to spend a few minutes reflecting on what is God's mission in Fallfield. So as individuals, God uses us to reach into our contexts, our workplaces, communities, families, friends, neighbours, colleagues, alongside this mission to reach out into our context where we are. We also have a really unique joy here at Fallowfield, which is um, to reach out and involve and evangelise to students. Um, For those of you who are new here, you're seeing the work of loads of people who over the years have just had a real heart for students and a real heart for them to come to know Jesus and to grow in their faith. Um, I've been here since 2017, but even well before then, there were so many people who invested here and had that heart. And I want to spend the last few minutes of, um, of our time this morning just thinking about how God's mission in Fallowfield looks for different groups of people here this morning. So firstly, if you're a student, okay, if you're new here this morning, um, I imagine if you are a student that you've moved away from home, you're looking for a church space to either um, explore your faith for yourself for the first time because you maybe went along to church with your parents or maybe you looked up to different role models in your life. Um, And so you might be exploring that faith for yourself, growing from a foundation that you've received already. Um, It might be that actually you already feel like you've got that foundation and so you're wanting to go out and to share that with others, to get involved in church, to get involved with your CU, things like that. Okay, Mission for you guys might be wrestling with big questions and solidifying where you stand in faith for yourself. There is like a huge wealth of experience here. If you look around the room, we've got people who are working, we have people who are students. There's a huge wealth of experience in our community. And so I'd really encourage you to kind of use this space to think about mission, to think about what it looks like for you and to chat to other people about about all of those things. Um, Let this be a really safe space for people to work out what it means to follow Jesus and where they are um, and to just draw alongside each other even if we're at different points in our journey. And I hope that this will grow, this solidifying process will grow to taking Jesus up on what he said and sharing this news um, with other students or people in your context. Now, I want to invite those of you who are students to think about those you're living with. Those who you see at seminars, lectures, tutorials. How might you be God's ambassador practically? Sometimes it's stepping out and having faith conversations. And uni is a really good time to do that, actually, because everyone is working out what they believe for themselves. It's probably the first time that you, or I hope that it's the first time that you've been your own person, that you've had to fend for yourself and had to work out where you stand. Okay, so it's a really good time because everyone's doing that. Everyone is in that same boat. And if you're not sure how to have faith conversations, um, I would really encourage you to come along um, on Thursday evening, actually, at 7.30. We're going to be doing, um, or someone is going to be doing, it's not me, um, is going to be doing um, a session on like how to have those faith conversations, how to share your faith with other people. So I'd encourage you, come along to that. Make use of the experience that we have here. Um, it's also um, not wrong to just be actually like um, 
just being being people's friends, being people's community. Like sometimes it's just living it out, honouring God where you are. And it's amazing how people notice the difference in a person who is really seeking after God, even if they aren't shouting it from the rooftops 24-7. It might be something as simple as this week. I'm in a student Facebook group and someone posted. They posted anonymously because they were scared of what people would think. And they posted and said that they weren't sure. Um, they, well, they, they weren't sure about staying in Manchester because they hadn't found a community. And they didn't feel like they'd made friends in the same way that everyone else has. So sometimes it's just seeing those things and being stirred by that and being like, actually, I can help. I can do, I can be someone's friend. I can just be present. So it might be something as simple as just living out um, rather than having those really intentional conversations. It might be to get involved in UCU. It might be to invite others to church. It might be to invite people to maybe your community group um, once they get going. And these are just a few thoughts. By no means is this the complete picture. But I want you to reflect on what that looks like for you if you're a student. Now, on the other hand, if you're working, okay, firstly, your time commitments probably look really different. Um, as someone who works, perhaps you find that your evenings are really sacred. They're a sacred time for you to just rest and chill out, put some Netflix on or whatever. Um, maybe your weekends are crammed to the limit as you try to keep everyone happy. Maybe it's your family, maybe it's your friends, maybe it's like, oh, I feel like I'm not doing enough at church. Maybe I haven't seen that person in a while. You might find that actually this, the time that you've got is very limited, Okay, and that can be really difficult. It's hard to keep up with life admin, like when you're a student. It's amazing how much time you have as a student. You don't think you've got it, but you do. Um, and it's, um, it's such a change when you shift into working. Now, I was the exception to the rule when I did my degree, um, as I did Open University, um, so that I could work all the way through. Um, and quite honestly, it was a logistical nightmare. You have no time for anything when you're working and studying. And to be honest, if I went back, I'd probably do things differently. But what I noticed was I, was I wasn't able to commit to things in the same way that other people were. And I was really kind of, I felt the, the weight of those expectations of maybe my friends who were studying. And they were like, oh, but you're in uni. And like, I'm in uni. We, sh we should have time to catch up. And I just didn't have the time. And sometimes you just can't commit. And it feels like you have to scramble to get everything done. But let's be people who chat about that. How is it different when you're in work to how it is when you're a student? How is it challenging? How can we do a small bit to reach out to those around us? Community groups are actually a really great space to have these conversations. But equally, like we've got lunch after, like let's chat about it. Like let's keep those conversations going. I want to ask you, what does it look like to share God in your workplace? Like, are there any colleagues that God really puts on your heart? And by that, I just mean is like that they're maybe on your mind and you feel like God's maybe prompting you to have conversations with them or to pray for them, to draw alongside them. For me, there's a colleague who I've been working with a lot over the past six months um, and God's been prompting me to reach out to. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I lack in confidence in how to do that well. But I know that often when Jesus saw someone in need, he met the need before talking to them. Um, and 
yeah, uh, once he had met the need, he was able to have those conversations and to say those challenging things. And with this colleague, I found that um, they don't have a car, so sometimes I'll give them a lift, and that opens up um, a little conversation. Sometimes um, I've been able to help them with expenses or something like that. And actually, that is, that is part of mission, is, is actually meeting those needs and helping people. So, so, yeah, we've talked a little bit about church and some of the things that, um, about like knowing Jesus and how that affects our life. Um, and so think with me, like, how do we do this as a community? How might we be creative in talking about faith? How might we open up conversations? Um, perhaps it's listening to someone's struggles and hearing what they're experiencing, sharing your own experience. Um, when you're talking to someone, actually using the phrase for me can be really powerful. It's not denying what you're experiencing, but it's not also shooting down their experiences or their beliefs. So let's be creative. Let's intentionally think about that. Okay, secondly, for those of us who are working, let's not dismiss the student heart of this particular site of, of CCM. And as we've become a church, I've seen it in the time that I've been here, we've got more young adults, more who have people who have started working and have stuck around making Manchester home. Um, I do hear occasionally that maybe we don't have as much in common with students. Maybe we should leave student evangelism to students. Um, but chances are, if you're still here, that you see the value of the church here and you see the value of outreach into student areas. So, yes, perhaps campus isn't as easily accessible to us. Perhaps you're not in town as often. Perhaps you're based in different places. But we need to be proactive in thinking about how we can serve students here. Big, a big way, I feel like I'm just saying this over again, um, over and over again, rather, um, is to get stuck in a community group. Actually be part of the new community that these Manchester newbies are finding. Also, your expertise and experience is invaluable. What are the coffee shops that you like? <laughs> what areas do you need to be careful in? What's your favourite easy meal? Like, use the experience that you've gained to, um, to just encourage and to build up and to serve them. Okay? Use, use those, um, I guess, throw your mind back to when you were at uni. Was it some people at church who made the effort to make you some food when you were only eating beans on toast that really stuck out? Okay, believe me, it happens. Um, was it a community group? Was it a few people who relentlessly tried to make you feel welcome, even if you're not very good at small talk, or welcomed you into their home when you were just trying to escape your grim student accommodation for a bit? What did you appreciate? Even if you don't feel like you can commit much, um, it might just make Manchester feel a bit more homely to see people who are at home here. And finally, to those of you who don't know Jesus, like God wants to know you. He wants you to know that you are loved and that actually he loves you so much that he created a way for us to get to know him. He wants you to know that actually you can be a part of his mission if you accept that you've been going your own way and that your wrongdoings had to be paid for by Jesus and his sacrifice and commit to following him. J.I. Packer said this, Jesus is heard when Jesus' claim is acknowledged, his promise trusted and his call answered. So if you're, if you're listening to this, acknowledging that Jesus is who he says he is, that you trust what he says and that you want to follow him, you're well on your way and that's what we would describe as God speaking to you. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. A really simple prayer is all that's needed to start following Jesus. 
And if you don't know, um, if you don't know that for yourself and you think that that's you, then then grab one of us. Like we'd be more than happy to pray with you, um, or just grab someone near you, um, because actually it's it's something really simple. Um, and as scary as it might seem, let us know at the end, because actually we want to make sure that you are supported in stepping out on that journey with Jesus. So to conclude all of this, God has been on a mission for a really long time already. He, you can see the full picture across the Bible, and it's this beautiful, intricate map of what God is doing. He invites us to be part of that mission, both individually, but also as a church. And this looks different depending on your context. And so in Fallowfield, let's be intentionally asking God to move in us and to move in our hearts, to stir up in us the things that he wants to do amongst the people here. Let's be really bold and stepping out in, um, and actively join God in his mission for the people that we see around us.